So at some point, you are going to get a no from the recruiter or the hiring team. You're going to throw a counter offer. You're going to ask for something and they're going to tell you no. And a lot of people just say, shoot, great. I tried and accept as is. However, all that is, is a negotiation tactic on the hiring team side and they're trained to say no. But where the professional negotiators come in is how do you overcome that no and make sure that your concerns get back to the hiring team? Take control of your career and compensation right now. It's your five-minute career cat. Welcome back to another opportunity to pivot with our new interview series featuring some of the absolute pioneers in pivoting, whether that is in their career, within their company, or in their confidence. Our guest today is doing what I like to call necessary work in the negotiation space. So if you haven't already, hit that follow button or subscribe button and turn on those notifications so you don't miss any of these amazing guests we have planned for you. Also, comment if there's someone special that you want to hear from or an industry-specific guest you would like to see on the podcast next. Now, let's get into it. Our guest today is a guru, and if you have ever wanted to know how to grow your bag, you are in the right spot today. Brandon Bramley is the founder of The Salary Negotiator. He has a background in strategic negotiations from working in many professional negotiation roles at a few large companies, some you may have heard of, like Amazon and American Airlines, where he's not only led multi-million dollar business-to-business negotiations, but also recruited and hired many career professionals. He has over 10 years of experience in negotiating salaries and currently runs the Salary Negotiator, where he provides professional job offer and salary negotiation coaching to help individuals navigate the job offer negotiation process. Welcome to the podcast, Brandon. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me here today, Jamila. I'm looking forward to our chat and hoping that I can share some tangible advice with your team so that way they can look at negotiations differently and hopefully help them navigate their negotiations confidently. Awesome. We're excited to have you here. So many people, and I'm sure you know the statistics better than I do, don't negotiate their salaries. But before we jump into that part, I want to hear a little bit about your journey. Let the audience know kind of how you got to this place. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, my name is Brandon Bramley, and I'm currently the founder of The Salary Negotiator. So I'm originally from a small town in northern Arizona, uh, but after moving between a few states and a few different roles with different companies, I finally settled up here in Seattle, Washington. Um, So honestly, like most people, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do about my career path when I was in college. So I ended up interviewing with a ton of different companies. And luckily, I actually ended up landing a few different job offers. And one of the key ones that I wanted was one with American Airlines in their procurement and supply chain department. So the role, I ended up taking it and the role ended up being amazing. It not only allowed me to go ahead and travel to the world, but it also confirmed my passion for negotiations. So I had the opportunity to lead various types of business, business negotiations, ranging from everything from like airplane parts and maintenance to software and cloud services. Um, And then I also was able to hire many supply chain professionals. So following that, um, I stuck with negotiations and was actually recruited by Amazon to go ahead and join their vendor negotiations team, where I oversaw the negotiations for some of their largest apparel brands that sold on Amazon.com. So I ultimately really loved these roles, um, and I never planned to leave. 
But after actually launching the salary negotiator on the side, um, it quickly actually grew to be my full-time job, where I ended up actually departing Amazon. Um, and now I dedicate most of my efforts to running the salary negotiator full-time. So at the salary negotiator, we provide professional coaching um, for salary and job offer negotiations. And I have personally led hundreds of salary negotiations at companies of all sizes, whether that's a small startup or some of the largest global corporations in the world. So quickly, tell me who your ideal client is. Just curious. Yeah. So honestly, my ideal client is going to be someone that's nearing six figures or above um, and is starting to get into more of like a complex um, compensation structure. So maybe they are used to having a base salary, but now they have a base salary, a bonus, possibly equity, maybe a sign-on bonus on the table. Uh, but those are usually our ideal clients to work with one-on-one -on -one coaching um, as it starts to get complex so we can make sure that they're maximizing their job offers. But at the end of the day, I mean, really, we work with anyone and and all of the strategies that we employ at the salary negotiator essentially should work for anyone, regardless of their role type or their industry type. Excellent. So you're helping people get money, right? <laughs> so you've got to be like the coolest dude in your circle, right? And, and in this industry, because honestly, when I think about, you know, things that people could do for a living outside of maybe a financial planner or, you know, some type of investor or something like that. You're actually helping people get more money, which is pretty cool. So I just want to commend you and congratulations <laughs> on being able to transition out of Amazon, which, hey, is a pretty large company, pretty reputable company, but be able to do that in the Pacific Northwest is awesome. So congratulations to you. We're excited to sh have you share some of your best tips you can share with our audience that may not be looking to leave or negotiate a new salary on their job or whatever that might look like, but I'd love for you to share Maybe three tips, three tips that you feel like everyone should have in their bag when it comes to being prepared for negotiation. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. I mean, to be honest, um, kind of making this pivot, I went from negotiations and business to business, almost like I was taken from the poor and given back to the rich. And now I feel more like Robin Hood where I'm kind of taken from the rich and given back to the poor. <laughs> so and a that, lot that's more actually, I wish I would have said that analogy because that's how it feels when I'm saying, man, you're helping people get money. Like that's big. <laughs> so that's awesome, Robin. <laughs> it's big. It's always, always rewarding. Um, but as for some of like the key tips that I usually like to start out with um, that I think anyone should follow is usually the advice I give to people is like, number one is really, I believe in avoiding sharing your salary expectations before you get a job offer. And the main thought of process behind that, because a lot of people you'll talk to or you'll see online have different views. But our thought process is you really don't know enough about the job or the role or their compensation structure until you have the job offer to sit down and review and see what it includes, what benefits and the actual role level and title that they give you um, to throw at numbers that are too soon. Because when you think of compensation, typically the way it works is for every single role at a company, they're going to have a set uh, pay range, both on a base salary basis and a total compensation basis. Um, and until you fully know that, you don't want to throw out numbers that are too um, or throw out numbers early because one, they could be too low and you might get a compensation that's not as high as you'd like or not as competitive. Or even worse, you throw out a number that's too high and they might be like, shoot. Imagine a world where recruiters come knocking at your virtual door, eager to hire you for your dream job. 
This can be you with 5-Minute Career Hacks exclusive LinkedIn Hacking Package. Over 90% of recruiters rely on this platform to make hiring decisions. And guess what else? 75% of people hired last year were discovered right here on LinkedIn. But we get it. You're busy, overwhelmed, and just struggling to find the time to optimize your profile. Let us do the work for you. For a limited time only, sign up today and we can help you break through your career on LinkedIn. We can't afford you. Maybe we should go in a different route. Um, so that's typically my first tip. Um, the other one, and I feel a lot of people kind of miss this, and usually kind of my coaching ends up being kind of giving people realistic expectations um, and talking them down or talking them up, um, depending on the scenario. But be realistic by doing your research on your job offer and what the compensation should be. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, companies pay a set amount. Um, they don't pay the exact same amount. There is a pay range. So knowing that to make sure that you don't jeopardize the relationship as coming off as too aggressive or to ensure that you have the confidence to make sure that you get to the top end of the pay range before you begin is paramount. Um, and I would say probably the last tip that we're, <laughs> I can imagine we're going to dive into quite a bit is don't be afraid to negotiate. Um, this is a very standard process. Um, it should never be aggressive. There should never be the risk of losing your job offer. So it's a process that you should become comfortable with and everyone should advocate to make sure that you get paid at the top end of the pay range. Those are three great tips. We've shared them as well. So we're hundred percent aligned. Don't give that amount. Don't give that number first or something to that effect. I've heard it say to, said a million different ways. And then two, know the range, right? Or get as close to understanding by researching that range. And then finally, don't, you got to ask, right? So like <laughs> you have not, cause you ask not is kind of what I like to share with people. Um, and if you never ask, you will never get. So I think those are three great points. What would you say in your coaching experience, what would you say is the, I noticed you mentioned that sometimes you have to help level set with clients, but what would you say is probably some of the things, common themes that you see most often with your clients that is a challenge that you have to help them with? Yeah, I would say some of the biggest challenge is going to be a bunch of the salary negotiation myths that they've had up in their head. And I can imagine you've heard these as well. Um, one of the ones is like, hey, the employer is going to outright refuse. If I ask, kind of like you said, if you don't ask, you don't get. <laughs> so a little silly. The other thing, too, is a lot of people don't think they have leverage to engage in a salary negotiation, um, whether they don't have another offer on the table or they're in a situation where they really need the job or maybe they've been laid off, which is pretty big recently that they don't have the negotiation um, or the leverage to negotiate. But when you think about it, you just went through the entire interview process. You've met with everyone on the hiring team and they've selected you for the role. The recruiter's goal now is to go ahead and hire you. The worst case or their worst case is them having to actually go back to the market, take off everyone on the hiring team that wanted to hire you and start that expensive, lengthy um, recruiting experience when they could have just worked out everything with you to make sure you're happy happy, you're excited to come aboard, as well as adjusting the compensation to fit that. So I really have to go ahead and talk to people and kind of build them through the interview process to show that they do have the leverage to negotiate. Um, and it's usually one of the biggest ones. And I would say one of the most funny ones out there is that the recruiter claims that the company won't budge on their offer and they don't negotiate. Um, that is 
I don't know if you've heard that before, but I, have, I love yeah. when I get, yeah, I love when I get that question because I usually ask them is, would you have expected them to say, yes, the offer is negotiable. We didn't give you the best pay. So you should ask for more. Uh, I'm typically, response. <laughs> yeah, it's not how it works in business to business negotiations. You'll never find that at the car dealership. And I guarantee you <laughs> it's never going to happen in salary negotiations some incredible points. And I just want to touch on one that you mentioned, um, around specifically like understanding that they are there to negotiate, but they're not going to admit that they didn't give you their best, but you, you hit on the the yeah. layoff portion. And that sounded like something that you're seeing a lot of. So if you can expound upon that and what you're seeing in the industry or, or just the, the job market as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. So we we are um, heavily involved in tech. That's where the majority of our negotiations are. So recently, over the last eight months or so, we've seen quite a few layoffs um, with some of the larger companies, mostly, as well as some of the smaller companies. Um, and really what we've noticed is a lot of new good candidates are getting back pushed out into um, the market. However, companies are starting to hire again, and all companies are still hiring, um, especially some of the big companies. We're seeing them come back and scoop up candidates what they can. And the interesting thing is what I've seen is with some of our clients is they are fearful. Um, they're excited to get a job. They want to make sure that they get do the right thing. And a lot of people are worried to negotiate still. However, really our success rate in the negotiation negotiations on getting people to the top end of the pay range really hasn't changed and neither have our techniques. Um, it's more so that fearful of what's in the news. This is the market. Um, I don't have leverage anymore. It's not like it was um, two years ago. However, if you go through the strategies, if you build up the leverage, you still do um, have the ability to negotiate. Um, and at the end of the day, layoffs are normal. Um, it shouldn't be kind of like a bad mark on your record because you lost a job. It's usually bad management with that company. And now your goal is getting in with a company that's better, has better management set up for the future in a role that you can grow with. Yeah. I think it's very interesting how people internalize layoffs, even getting fired for that matter. Um, how we, um, as human beings internalize that I've been Mm -hmm. really doing a lot of digging and research, like around the behavioral psychology of that, because I think it is the key unlock when it comes to not being fearful at the negotiation table. So I think that's an incredible point. And then I, I, I'm a huge sports fan. I don't know if you are or not, (laughs) but I'm a huge sports fan and I'm watching ESPN layoff what we've considered probably some of the best analysts, sideline reporters, you name it over the last year as a part of their parent company, Disney's restructuring and, and trying to, you know, make, make sure the company thrives in the future. But I know that those individuals aren't sitting back thinking I got laid off and I'm no good. <laughs> They're <laughs> out here negotiating with Fox and getting these other major deals in other places. They're not holding back. And I wonder what's the difference. Like, and, and I'm trying to figure that out. I don't know if you have any insight, but what's the difference in that person? Because they've gotten laid off. I mean, mm. nobody would have thought some of the people that they laid off, like that would have ever left or, you know, involuntarily, but Uh they have. And I don't think there's a confidence issue or a fear issue either. So what's your thought on that? Just, just understanding that landscape. Yeah, I think, I think the big difference is, is what a lot of people get, um, even I've experienced in the past is when something goes wrong, uh, whether they don't do one on a project, something gets canceled, or they get laid off, um, is what they think of is when they go into the interview, they feel a little bit more desperate, right? They feel the company is doing them a good service of hiring them. And they think that asking now is going to one, maybe jeopardize that 
or tarnish the relationship. And they're just a little nervous, right? Because they go from having this like confident job, they know what they're doing, they want that. And then they have to go ahead and get back in the market, interview when they weren't expecting to, interviewing when they don't have a job and they get fearful. Um, so when they get to the negotiation stage, it's a mix between having the confidence of knowing it's still okay, you would have done this in the past if you had a job and you still have that leverage to have those conversations. Right. So I think that's the difference is at the end of the day, no one wants to mess something up. Once they go through the interview process, they're still trying to put their foot forward and they don't necessarily see the negotiation as a way to essentially prove to the hiring team that you actually have the skill set that they're looking for. You can have car- hard conversations in a professional kind manner um, and they just get nervous. Yeah. So then we, we said we were going to talk a little bit about the ask. I think that's a great way to articulate maybe some of the differences in the fear that can creep up. And, and especially, you know, when your livelihood, you know, if you've got kids or, you know, mortgage payment, car notes, whatever that <laughs> might look like, there's a bit of pressure there that can create that fear because I need to nail this to pay my bills or whatever that might look like. So I think that can come into play as well. But we said we we're going to talk about the ask, right? The importance of the ask. So tell us, how if if Jamila came to you today and said, "Look, I've got this offer on the table. I I think I can do better." And I don't know if that's how your clients come to you now, but I think I can do better. Your thoughts, and I'm sure you're getting involved before that point. But let's just set the stage for our audience to understand what are some of the things that you would suggest as far as uh, script wise, as far as how that conversation should go as soon as they get the offer. Because I I find that most people make their mistake, you know. And don't ask when they get the offer in hand in that conversation they're having either with the recruiter or hiring manager. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my biggest advice, which I don't know if this differs um, from kind of your advice, but right when someone gets the offer, my recommendation is actually not giving any expectations up front or jumping out or throwing up numbers, anything like that. It's usually, hey, thank you so much for the offer. I'm super excited to work with your team. If you could send those details over by email, I'll review it with my friends, family, colleagues, and I'll get back to you. And the reason I suggest that is because that's what kind of kicks off the negotiation. Because just like the business-to-business negotiations I led at Amazon and American Airlines, you can't go in to negotiate until you understand everything, right? So the first step um, kind of in our process in the negotiation Negotiation is actually reviewing the um, offer package as well as the benefit details and typically coming up with strategic questions to send back to the hiring team before you even discuss pay. Because what this does, and a lot of people miss it, is it makes sure you understand what you're getting, right? If you have questions, um, this might be a big career change for you. You should probably ask them now. This might be your last shot. The other thing, too, is make sure you understand those compensation components, understand the benefits. And it's a chance for you to build a little bit of leverage by pointing at items that you may have seen at other companies or aren't included. And the power of just asking questions, that might show that either they're on the table or it might, in the recruiter's mind, show that their offer is not as competitive. Um, So that's typically my recommendation first to kick off the negotiation is do your due diligence and ask some strategic questions before you kind of start moving forward with the other steps. We are 100% aligned. I think you added something to my toolbox in there, but I will say that first conversation when they're saying, hey, we want to bring you in in this role is to just say, I need to talk with my friends, family, my financial advisor, whatever that might look like about this offer. But taking that offer on site to me is like, whew, you just sealed your fate. And at that point, anything that happens from that point forward, you really can't be mad about. 
is my advice. Like, so if you do that, whatever happens from that point forward, it's on you. Um, so I think that's incredible advice and how you broke down the benefit questions and digging into the offer specifically before you've been talking about pay. I think it also shows interest and commitment as well. So when you start the, the negotiation process, they know that you're not just, you know, doing this and going to take another offer or use it to to compare or, or use for another job to get more from that job or what have you. You're actually interested in how your life, whether that's your health insurance, life insurance, whatever will look once you're on that job. So I think that's incredible advice. Incredible, yeah. incredible advice. Absolutely. Because I mean, if you think about it, someone that's asking, slowing down to ask questions, understand everything, it shows that you're very interested in the job um, and trying to understand it that way. When you do come back to negotiate with a counteroffer and a few different questions, they're going to hold more weight. It's not going to be like, hey, pay me this much. And they think you're just grasping at straws trying to get more. It really shows that you've done your homework, you're interested. Um, and the other thing too, is there's no rush, right? When they give you the offer, a lot of people feel like you said they have to accept right on the spot. You just probably interviewed for a couple weeks, a couple months. There is no rush exactly. to accept right when they throw it out. There is time to go through the process. Make sure you're getting a good deal before you kind of sign on the dotted line for the next three to eight years in that new career. Yeah, and incredible points. And I want to. I just want to back up a quick step and make sure I underscore yeah. something you also said when you were giving that answer to our audience. And it is the fact that you can't negotiate without knowing everything or as much information as possible. I, I didn't want that to fly over their head because you're, you're sitting here talking to a salary negotiation expert and someone that's done a lot in the salary negotiation space. And so we're just talking and vibing, right? But I don't want you to miss that huge point that you can't just go in there blind, right? You don't want that. You want to be able to negotiate from a position of power and that comes with information. So I just want to make sure I underscore that for our audience. If you're taking notes, definitely write that point down that Brandon just shared because it's a critical point. So with that being said, I want you to share any other things with our audience as we begin to wrap up this incredible interview. You guys got some incredible tips from one of the best in the industry. What other things would you, would you might want to share with our audience around the salary negotiation piece that they may have never heard before? Like that, you know, that thing that makes a salary negotiator special. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is, um, since I have a background in business to business negotiations, I try to take what I've learned in procurement and sourcing and contract negotiation and essentially apply that to salary negotiations. So one of the biggest techniques that I used to use on different companies is what I like to call handle objections. So at some point, you are going to get a no from the recruiter or the hiring team. You're going to throw a counteroffer, you're going to ask for something, and they're going to tell you no. And a lot of people just say, shoot, great, I tried and accept as is. However, all that is, is a negotiation tactic on the hiring team side, and they're trained to say no. But where the professional negotiators come in is how do you overcome that no and make sure that your concerns get back to the hiring team? So one of the biggest tips or strategies we use is how to handle objections. So when you encounter a no, it's typically an excuse. So using a technique to actually turn that back on them in a question with the goal to actually have them take your concerns back to the team is really what you need to do. So what I get a lot is um, people are concerned like, hey, what if they say, they've already said I'm at the max compensation for the role, they've already got their approvals, they can't do anything. At the end of the day, really what that is, is an excuse um, or what I would call an objection that you need to handle. And saying something like, 
Hey, you know what? Um, I greatly appreciate, understand where you're coming from, and it's a very generous offer. However, I greatly appreciate you just taking it back to your team for another look um, before I kind of accept. Do you mind doing that for me and taking it back one last time to see how you can improve the offer? Because when you handle it in an objection way like that and turn the question back on them, and sometimes it does take responding three times like that to get them to take it back, nine times out of 10, they're actually going to go ahead and take it back, review with their team, and come back with a better offer. So I'd say that's one of the biggest tips and one of the strategies that we employ uh, that might differentiate us from others. But it's also something that like, once you get used to it, you'll notice that it's in every negotiation, whether it's some of those business-to-business negotiations, whether you're at the car dealership or whether you're talking to your partner, <laughs> it's all the same. Right. It's turning questions really back nice. on them until you essentially win that conversation, obviously in a professional and kind manner. Right. So you just got relationship <laughs> advice from Brandon. Don't don't sleep on it. I promise you it works. So that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that incredible insight that you learned in the procurement space, but also throughout your vast experience and knowledge in the industry and helping so many people get that money. So with that being said, Brandon, tell us what's hot, what's happening at the salary negotiation that you'd want our audience to know more about. Yeah, I would say kind of what's hot right now, or at least my focus at the moment, is how can we bring some of our salary negotiation strategies to everyone? Um, So what we've been doing is outside of coaching one-on-one, we've started to build out salary negotiation courses, as well as a lot of free tools um, on our website. So one of the biggest ones is I'm very big on total compensation over salary. So we've actually built out a total compensation calculator on our site that essentially takes not only your base salary, but it shows you how how to include all the compensation components. That way, you know not only what you're making over the next year, but what you're making over the next few years to make sure that when you do go into negotiations, you know you have everything in front of you and you're not just increasing one component, but you're actually increasing the entire piece of the pie. So our focus recently has been on building free tools to hopefully help everyone become more familiar with compensation and get the most out of every job offer. Which is incredible. And we'll be sure to link that back to our audience in the show notes and in the description. And I appreciate you sharing with us today. I traditionally asked our guests at the very end of every episode to leave the audience with five words, right? If you had five words to impact the audience and maybe it's specific to salary negotiation, maybe it's not, maybe it's a mantra that, that you live by, but I like to have, uh, our guests leave our audience with five words as we wrap up. So what would be your final five words for the audience, Brandon? I think my final words would be, don't be afraid to negotiate. Um, Because at the end of the day, um, most things are negotiable in life. And at the end of the day, the worst thing that can happen is they say no, but more than likely you're going to end up getting a better deal before you begin. Which is incredible advice. I subscribe to this message. I support, (laughs) I endorse this message from Brandon. We need everyone out there negotiating. For our women listening in, the pay gap is still there for most, and it's not closing at the rate that it should. But this is a way that you can take control and not necessarily wait for legislation around pay transparency. You can actually take control, get in the driver's seat for yourself and not wait for the government to do something to really close that gap. This is a way for you to get that done. And as Brandon said, there's a range that's that's what you need to get to. That range is so important in understanding that and doing your research. So that's part of that process. And the tips that you learned today will take you a long way. 
I'm not saying that you might not need some additional support. Maybe that's the salary negotiator. But the tips alone that he shared today will take you a very long way. So I hope you use them. And I want to give Brandon a huge high five over here. He did an incredible job sharing with you today. And I appreciate him taking the time to be on the show. I had about 20 more questions that I could have easily asked him. So I'm going to leave an open invitation for him to come back and join us at a later date so we can dig in even more. But in the meantime, in between time, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Brandon. Be sure to connect with him on LinkedIn. We'll leave that as well in the show notes and description. And don't forget to negotiate, right? Don't forget to negotiate. So thank you, Brandon, so much for joining us. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you. It was a pleasure to be here, and I'm glad I got to talk to your audience. Awesome. Thank you. And until next time, as I always say, hackers, I love you. See you soon. Now, the five-minute career hack, we call this hacking. Look at you. You just did it. And you don't have to stop here. Take one step every week and ensure that you are pouring into you and getting closer to your career goals. Yep. See that button down there? Hit subscribe. But don't stop there because you know what they say? Sharing is caring. So take five and we'll see you next week.